brand new installment of the Nintendo News Report for Friday, April 8th, or Thursday, April 18th, 2019. I'm your host, Donald Terriel, and in honor of the retirement of Kurt Angle, I'd like to say that, uh, truth be told, I'm not a big fan of the FromSoft, and if I could go back in time and make any developer tap out, it'd be Miyazaki. Joining me this week, we've got a full crew of Nintendo News Reporters, starting with a special guest, Xander Morningstar. Hello, Xander. Hello, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on. Glad glad we could pull you out of your own brain to get on the show tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that that is very appreciated. Yeah. Also, here is the big boss himself, Neil Ronahan. Hey, everybody. Um, how about them blue jackets? <laughs> I, it's like you're saying there's a chance, and then oh my god, they're out. All right. And finally, we have Justin Brube. Hello, Justin. Hello, everybody. So let's um, we'll, we'll do a little bit of what, what we've been playing here. I've got something very quick because most of what I've been playing I need to play more of over the weekend. But um, I put up a review on the site for Our World Has Ended, which is a seven, which is a $60 US visual novel that... Uh, Wait, launched- that's 60 bucks. That is sixty goddamn dollars. Wow. Yes. Yeah, and it's not even the version of the game that they got on the Switch in Japan, because this is a localized version of a ported Vita game instead of the Switch getting the Switch version with actual quality of life improvements. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a it's a retail release somehow, although I don't think North America gets that retail release for a few. Yeah, weeks. a lot of the a lot of the Switch retail releases are kind of murky. Um, I'll 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 point out a fun fact: the game uh, Truberbrook, yeah, um, which is like a, a very European adventure game. Um, Don has a review up, but from from a preview of his back at Gamescom, uh, we have uh, a quote on the back of the retail box. I was investigating how to get this because, hey, it's pretty cool when we have a quote that made it onto a retail box. I don't think Truebrook is coming out in America anytime soon, but it's out in Europe now. It's weird. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, but anyway, our world has ended. Um, if you're really into discussion of female bus size, this is probably the game for you. As for me, no. <laughs> You, you can check out the review for more details on that. That's really all I want to talk about. But I've already deleted the game for my Switch. So, I, mean, I forget. Are embargoes that tense for the game that you're reviewing that's coming out next week? Uh, that one, I, I think... Well, it's a, no, it's a known quantity because I'm, play, I, I'm a bit into Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. But I just... I'm, I'm going to still... double check the embargo just to make sure. Because I... I want to ask you questions. I don't know if I need to uh, ask you after the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still pretty early on because that uh, the unfortunately the previous review took a little bit longer than I was anticipating. And but I do have a long weekend so that I can make sure I get the review up for for the appointed time. Okay. Um, it looks like you you can't talk about major 
plot spoilers and and you can't you can't put a score on it but you can how is dragon's dogma uh from from a first impression it it certainly gets off to a very interesting start because you get to play around with the uh the pawn system right away where you can summon in other other characters from from around the internet I, I don't know if they're sort of loading that stuff in where we're in sort of a pre-launch state but yeah i got to play with a couple of pretty powerful ones and then once once you've go through the once you've done the tutorial fight that is certainly an interesting opening because yeah um for those of you who aren't familiar with dragon's dogma from when it came out on ps3 or ps4 um that game starts out with your character getting their heart ripped out by a dragon. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that metal opening. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, of course, and then you somehow rise from the dead without a heart and you get to, uh, and then that's when you do your character creation and, and set up your, and choose your fighting style basically. So I, I'm going in as a mage because I need to, I need to get my magic on and, Combat's pretty fun. Uh, you get to do some pretty funky moves with it. Is it I haven't... It's Monster Hunter-y, and, and it's combat. Least, it, right? It's very Monster Hunter-y. Like in the tutorial fight, I spent a good deal of time uh, mounting monsters and whacking them with the X button, just like I did in 4 Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm really interested in this game. I've always heard fantastic things. Even, I mean, this is Dark Arisen, which I believe is kind of like a like a director's cut version of yeah. Dragon's Dogma. Um, even with the original release, I always heard great things about it. And I mean, playing this kind of game on the Switch, it, I mean, I learned it with Skyrim. Um, I didn't really get into Skyrim when I played it on, on Xbox 360 around when it came out. But I put a good chunk of time in the Skyrim on my Switch because it was really easy to just like mess around in that world while like watching TV, or if I wanted to play it on the big screen, because that game's got good vistas, even on Switch. Um, just throw it on there, and it seems like Dragon's Dogma might kind of, uh, you know, take on, carry carry that legacy forward with me on the system. Because, um, yeah. yeah, and like the combat, like the, the open world monster hunter combat thing seemed kind of cool to me. Yeah, it's 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 been pretty, it's been pretty, it's a linear open world kind of monster hunter-y in that way as well so far but i'm it, i'm pretty sure it'll open up later on yeah yeah and we should have some uh and assuming my uh my streaming kit is working i should be able to or not streaming kit but at least recording kit i should be able to get something up for some gameplay of that up tomorrow cool. so we'll see how it runs on the switch thank god for long weekends <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh justin what are you been playing as of late uh well I'm continuing to play Yoshi. We talked about that last time. Uh, my opinion hasn't really changed. Haven't What's your opinion, that. real quick? Because that, that's you asked me what I played off air, and actually, that's that's the game I put the most hours into recently. Uh, I like it, but I think it's kind of weird how they're very forgiving with collecting stuff initially, but then all the stuff you have to throw eggs at, they kind of gatekeep. That's mm -hmm. kind of annoying. I think they haven't totally solved my beef with Yoshi collectibles, uh, but I think this is the this is the least annoyed I've been by nonsense in a Yoshi game as far as collectibles go. Yeah, I actually finished this one um, to completion. I never finished uh, Woolly World, but I uh, I collected every dang flower, red coin, 
Um, what else was there? Um, the hide and seek mini game that you get later, the boss challenges, all of it. Wow. Yeah, it was a. So so it's not you, worth it, honestly. Okay, I was, I was gonna I was say, do you like one hundred percent, one hundred percent it? Oh yeah, like after you. You can get through the campaign fairly fairly quickly, um, and then afterwards, you know, they do this. I I played it where I would not move on from a one of those like micro worlds until <laughs> you know I collected everything. Sir, you know how to play games. Yeah, yeah. And um, so review so, deadlines have broken me of that habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I played it like that, and then uh, once I finished it, they went through and they were like. Now you have to go to act back to every level again and find one more thing. And I was like, really? You're doing this again? And then after that, they had boss challenges, which I don't know why yeah. those weren't available from the get-go, but okay, okay right, fine. Uh, and that was actually the hardest part. Some of those are um, are incredibly difficult uh, where you have to find a, um, like a queue during the boss fight that can make it significantly quicker to beat. Um, like, uh, I don't know, the train fight, There, when it opens its mouth, you can shoot an egg at its, like, weak spot before it just, like, kind of hangs open when you're supposed to hit it, and that'll cut back the time. And if you want to, or if you're able to do that quick enough, you can earn a flower, and uh, in order to 100% it, you have to do all those. And those were very hard, especially the later fights, which are, like, going on five minutes, and if you make one mistake, you have to do, all, do it all over again. Um, so I did the whole thing, and the prize was like, don't, "Yeah, don't tell me the prize." I'm not gonna, pro I'm not gonna give it to you, but it, I, bet, I just I was like, "Really? It. That's it? <laughs> okay." It's, so, so you got a flower? Me. You got fertilizer for all the flowers? <laughs> <laughs> You're not far from it, you know. Fertilizers are worth. But of. I mean, like that's a thing that I really like about Yoshi's Crafted World, and I think maybe maybe it's a little bittersweet because you 100 of it. Um, is that I really, so I played it very neurotically for like the first handful of worlds of like 100%ing every aspect of it. And then kind of got to a point where I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna romp through it. Yeah. And with that, and like, it's not like I didn't get any, like I still was getting collectibles through the levels. I just wasn't getting every single one. Um, I had more than enough flowers to unlock every extra level. Um, and that's the thing that I appreciate about that game is that if you like don't like the flip side poochie pup hunts, I, in theory, you barely have to do them just to do all the content in the mm -hmm. game. And I, I, I wish that maybe the game, maybe the game should be deliberate about that. Because um, yeah. I've heard people be like, oh, I don't want to do the poochie pup hunts. And it's like, well, you, you probably don't really have to. You can focus on the other collectibles and then still get, like there's, like, I mean, like, I don't think it's that much of a spoiler that like there's post game content. Yeah. Um, there's some some neat little levels that you that you get after the game. And that's cool, um, but you need more flowers to unlock them, mm -hmm. uh, and and I don't think they gate those that that terribly. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting. I, I after I finished everything, I um I had recalled when I first saw this game at the Switch's first E3 that it was um that the, the trailer that they showed showed him like ground pounding in the middle of a level and then it would switch to the the flip side yeah so that made me think that you could do that willingly um throughout the level and i i wasn't for sure if that's actually what they had gone with so i watched uh 20 minutes of the treehouse footage and the, that wasn't the case you would basically play through the level and then that once you beat it then you would play through the exact same level backwards but they hadn't done that poochie thing at all um and so i really think that 
their intent was once you beat the level, you could basically play it backwards. But you, because there were so many things obstructing your view, you would then see paths that you would normally pass up and then you would be much more inclined to take when you were playing it backwards. And I think that was still less of a case even with the Poochie stuff. I think they just relied on using those obstructions to hide Poochie uh, rather than you actually taking alternative routes. Um, but I guess I didn't mind it too much. I enjoyed the game more than I thought because I remember when I at that E3, I was like, this doesn't look neat. I don't like how half the game uh, or Yoshi is just like a green silhouette behind cardboard. It's, it's difficult to see. Um, and sometimes that still happens, but uh, by and large, and I really did enjoy it. Uh, if I were just to go back in time and tell myself when I first started <laughs> it, like, it, Xander, don't do it, dude. It was 40 hours of like, okay, that's it, really? <laughs> Fine, okay. Um, but, you know, it, it was neat. Like, I did spend about 10 to 12 minutes really in each level going through, trying to make sure I find it, found everything. And even though uh, this is like, I think, the first Yoshi game I've really played through to completion, um, I I um, still kind of picked up on all the tips, or not, not tips, the tricks that they had used to hide things, you know, like jump on a platform that's moving, but like wait a little longer until it goes to a place where you wouldn't expect to go and yeah sure enough there's a hidden cloud with a question mark on it like okay you know it was it was becoming increasingly easier to find where they hid stuff but um there were a few where i was like wow i didn't really think about that and a lot of that had to do with the perspective um puzzles that they hid and uh, i was very thankful that the souvenirs were a lot easier to find than i thought they would be there were, there were a few uh, dastardly hidden ones, but for the most part, the way that they um, have that cursor move freely, and you can hit things in the background, in the foreground, and it highlights, and there's a bit of a rumble, makes it a lot easier than I thought it would be. So, you know, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I have a problem with that background stuff, just because for the whole, for most of the game, they blur out the backgrounds, unless they really. start aiming back there, and I really don't like that. Mm -hmm. It's like you have these awesome... Yeah, there's like, a, there's like a soft focus to it. Yeah, I don't like that because they have these awesome sets they've done, and when you aim back there, it comes into focus. I just wish everything were clear and focused the whole time. I, I think that might really mess the perspective of the game and make mm -hmm. the forward, the foreground and the background um, harder to. Like, I forget there was another game that I played recently that had a lot of cool background stuff, but I couldn't tell what where I was actually walking by and what I wasn't. And I have to say that Crafted World, I did, didn't have that issue because of the way that they messed with the focus and like, you know, when you were in a different spot, it, it fo focused on the plane you were you were playing with. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe, but... so, so I think I get where you're coming visually, but I think that game would be more laborious to play if it was just like, you could see everything at all times. I was expecting them to use the background uh, mechanic more to like, I guess, with the level design, uh, you rarely did they have you shoot something in the background and have it really affect like the level that you were playing in. A lot of it was just, wow, look at all this, these neat things that are hidden back here. Um, it was know, a lot was, more. Yeah, some of the level design was a lot more straightforward than I think I I was maybe expecting after that demo level that came out um, after the direct. Yeah, it was a good level, but it was not a great representation of it. It was just a big yeah. open area, and there's only, I which, think, two other cool. levels like that. Yeah, and like there's a couple other levels where there's like segments that are like that. Mm -hmm. But it is a lot more traditional Yoshi game. But, I, I mean, it's, it's probably my favorite 
traditional Yoshi game since Yoshi's Island. Wow, cool. So, I mean, not that there's a lot of competition there. Those DS games, man. (laughs) (sighs) But we're not going to be seeing any of those for a while anymore because Yoshi's signing that 10-year deal with Sony. (laughs) (laughs) 400 million. (laughs) Unreal. Anyway, just... I've also uh, put together the uh, Labo VR headset only. Oh, you've only done the headset yet? Dude, I can't wait for the stupid Mario and Zelda stuff. Yeah, that's the main reason I rushed to get that done. I'm really excited for that. Like, I'm probably going to play them for a night and (laughs) never again, Um, which is kind of what I've done with Labo VR in general. Yeah, Um, I wasn't too impressed. I mean, uh, it was blurrier than I thought it would be looking through. Because... It, it's a 720p screen. Yeah, but I, I'm not used to VR, so I have no idea what that would even yeah. be and everyone's saying that. So I'm like, oh, I'll give it a shot. If you really want to blow your mind, um, drop a couple hundred dollars on a VR headset. Because <laughs> what, uh, what? Like, like the PSVR and the Oculus and the HTC Vive and everything, that stuff looks amazing. And I'm not like, I like Labo VR for what it is, which is like a $40, 40 to $80 attachment um, for my Switch. Uh, if 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 it was more than that, I'd probably be mad. Um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look particularly clear. But it still does a lot of like goofy Nintendo-y things. Especially, I've made the bird and the wind pedal, and they're both really fun. <laughs> so you have shoved your head up the rear yeah. end of a bird. Yeah, yeah, because you have it up there, and then you squeeze. Perhaps that should be your Twitter handle, Neil. Maybe you should change it to "My head's up a bird" or something. <laughs> Neil Bird, but I don't know. Um, no, I mean, but the, like the bird, the bird mini game in it is, uh, is is pretty neat because you are kind of flying around an island, and there's a little bit of like, um, there's like low key Zelda Breath of the Wild map stuff where you're like basically finding semi towers around there, uh, but then the the play there is just like you go to different unhatched eggs, and they're like, I like apples, and then you go find apples, and you bring them <laughs> apples, and then they hatch, and then they follow you around. Um, is this it's, it's, Island? Yeah, I did. I mean, it gave me it gave me Pilot Wings vibes in yeah. a weird way. Um, like it's it's a thing that like it's hard. I, I think is a total package. I think Labo VR is is maybe more compelling. Taking these things individually because what we're doing is is uh, meet Casey and John uh, are all kind of we split it up in different parts. Like uh, John only got the 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 headset and the Blaster one. Um, so he's doing stuff on that. I'm covering the bird and the wind pedal, and Casey's covering the elephant and the camera, which uh, he did. He's got some some live streams that you could see his build process uh, for both of those. Um, I think it's a cohesive package. It, it seems really interesting. Like a lot of the the freehand stuff that you can do with the elephant, uh, the blaster thing. I wish they would just give me duck hunt with that, but it mm. still still seems pretty cool. I like the idea that it recoils when you fire. Um, but like the individual games still don't seem that substantial. Um, there's also like a bird dash thing where it's basically a a racing game in VR and and like, that's, it's really neat. Um, it is blurry because it's a, it's a screen that really isn't like optimized for VR. Yeah. I thought there was stuff on my goggles at first, but no. It's just um, I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed, and I've also heard things. If you have a screen protector on your Switch, it'll look worse. 
Yeah, I do. So um, uh, yeah, too. like like because that's like unless you have that screen protector on there immaculately, which is a real pain in the butt. Um, then like you're gonna see some some scuzz on your switch screen. My my yeah. screen protector's on pretty well, so. Now, um, when you are playing with the bird, um, are the Joy Cons? They're the they're what's tracking the motion, right? Because they're up on the screen. No. Oh, um, the the switch itself does have some kind of motion sensitivity to it. Okay. Um, like I, I don't know the full innards of the thing. Um, with the bird, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, with the bird, you just put, you just put the, uh, like so that you have the headset, and for all of these things, you have to slide the switch into the headset, mm. and then you kind of put the headset into the toy con. So you put your headset up the bird's butt. Um, you put, uh, I think it's the, the right Joy-Con. It's the one without the camera thing at the bottom. Okay. It's at the left. I forget. The left. You put one of the Joy-Con to like, kind of give the bird a head. Um, like it's almost like the Joy-Con looks like his beak when it's in there. Uh, and that basically all that does is seemingly track the motion of, cause you basically squeeze triggers on the bird oh, that okay. flap its wings and like move the head. Gotcha. Uh, so you do that, and that's tracked by that that Joy-Con going back and forth, um, and then you tilt, um, and that's all seemingly tracked by the Switch system. So feasibly, if you created your own strap to put this headset on, and you could take the Joy-Cons off when you play Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see because I don't know. It kind of depends on how it's implemented because mm -hmm. I think they they because like they do do stuff with like. Um, I mean, like, I think that the Switch can kind of detect, like, where, I mean, obviously it can detect if there's Joy-Cons on it or not. Right. Um, but, like, there are specific things, like, I'll, I'll call out, there's a couple times when you're when you're building stuff where it'll make you take, like, I was playing it where I had the, the instructions up on my TV. It'll make you take it out of the dock because, like, you're doing something where you're, like, putting the Switch in the headset to test it. Mm. And the yeah, system, I, I the tried. system knows that it's docked or undocked. So in theory, you know, with Breath of the Wild, if they wanted to force you into just having the Joy-Con on the side of the Switch, they could. I hope that they don't, because I really would like to be able to, like, play it with a Pro Controller with the headset. Mm -hmm. Well, I tried using the Pro Controller with uh, some of the mini games for just that, and it wouldn't let me connect the Pro Controller. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, yeah, like, that's, I think with all this stuff in Labo, you can't use the Pro Controller for it. It's designed to work with a Joy-Con, whereas Zelda's a game that you can play with the Pro Controller. It'd be interesting if they create a Toy-Con where it's built around a Pro Controller. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see more Labo. I think we might see more, more Labo VR stuff. Uh, Labo VR seems like a really... Like, imagine using that Labo VR elephant to, to make Smash Brothers levels. <laughs> um but but anyway um yeah yeah like like i i'm i'm curious to see how zelda's going to be implemented because i think i i could see them kind of shoehorning in so you have to use the the, the like the joy con instead of the pro controller mm -hmm. but maybe you can use the joy con in a grip or something um, yeah well presumably we know with those mario odyssey levels it looked like it was a fixed ang or a camera perspective kind of like yeah. one of those uh 3ds uh, puzzle piece um, street pass things. Um, 
but it looked like you still had control of Mario, and you know some of his moves are based around motion controls, which they love pushing. So it would make sense that you could like control him um, without yeah. the Joy Cons attached. Which feasibly, I mean, wouldn't you then be able to crap. play any game doing that? I don't know. Yeah. That's silly. Yeah. And and if you need instructions on how to do a strap, uh, we have a video for that on this here YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm disappointed. There's no strap, and I'm also disappointed you can't. Uh, power the switch with the uh, Labo headset on because they didn't put a hole in the bottom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the reason like why they don't have a strap. Yeah. Well, <laughs> these are all things I'm considering. I wonder what the battery life will be like. I mean, maybe that's why. Because like, they're not intending you to play it that long. And yeah. It, 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 like, after while, five they're... minutes, they're like, hey, guy, take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know... I gotta get ready for Metroid Prime Trilogy VR. <laughs> would you, you want a Toy-Con visor, or would you prefer the Labo VR? I mean, I'd probably just make a head strap for what. <laughs> yeah, how funny would that be if they're like, we have another Toy-Con. It's a strap. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of cardboard. <laughs> it's just like, they're like, here's a rubber band. <laughs> 20 bucks. I'm moving off Labo. Labo. I've also played... Uh, bunch of donkey kong 3 arcade archives and uh i kind of like this game i didn't think i would like this one very much but uh i started to get into it started to try to improve my score and uh it's a fun game the shooter which is like a departure for donkey kong kind of confusing since the reason they made donkey kong in the first place is because they had a shooter that was failing so i um i think it was i think it might have been on this show a couple weeks ago when they announced that donkey kong 3 was coming out um, yeah, I kind of forgot that this was a Miyamoto joint. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's weird to think that Miyamoto made this game that is kind of like super forgotten. Did he ever make another shooter again? <laughs> uh, technically, I mean Star Fox sixty four, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bizarre shooter because you don't really think of it as a shooter so much because you're shooting bug spray. <laughs> But it's a shooter, but it's kind of weird. And there's a couple of win conditions. Like you can take out the whole, uh, all the bugs to win, or you can shoot Donkey Kong all the way up his vine thing to win. So yeah, it's it's a fun game. Well, and, uh, I'm I'm noticing try... a lot of posteriors on this show. <laughs> you know, Mario almost had a gun, but he turns into a fire flower. So I'm gonna try to get a review up on the site soon for that. And uh, I guess the other thing I played was Smash Brothers 3.0, which we'll get we'll get to that in a bit here. Uh, Xander, I see you've you've got something else pretty big on your list right now. Yes, uh, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Uh, it will hopefully be the first Final Fantasy that I actually complete. I started the first one on my phone. Don't tell David. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I got, I think, like two of the crystals, and I just kind of dropped it because it was, it was very boring. You know, there's no story to it. Like, the, I think the tutorial had like some princess that needed saving, and then after that, they just kind of were like, go out and find the crystals. Um, so I, I, I dropped. That was a while ago. It had to been like two <laughs> or three years. Um, and then I, I did get download. A, you know, occasionally when a, Nintendo, when a Nintendo Direct says it's available today, even though you like didn't plan on playing that game, even though uh, 
you knew of its existence. When they uh, when they shadow dropped Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition, I was like, oh, I gotta play that, man. So I just downloaded it, and I think I booted it up, and I haven't gone through that. So that's <laughs> a that's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy 7. You know, I, I have heard like for years that how great this game is and how uh, people hold it so closely and how it's really one of the greatest games of all time. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing myself a, d- a disservice if I don't play this. So I, I sat down and I've about two hours into it. Um, but yeah, I, I've been enjoying it so far. It's got some neat quality of life stuff that I really appreciate. I mean, I think there are definitely purists out there who will be like, eh, don't do that. Don't use that. But um, you know, I, I've only got so much time. So uh, you can like, uh, speed up fights, I think, or just really the whole game in general, with the exception of like cutscenes. Um, I think it's like three times speed, and that'll make running around faster. It makes the animations and the and the combat faster. Um, if you really want to cheese it, you can give yourself full health and um, like up what I, what's it called the limit break stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get max that out, and I, I honestly had not been using that specific thing too much, uh, and I think it's just because I'm I'm so close to the beginning still um and i'm trying to you know still get that sense of like how this is playing out uh, but i'm sure there'll be a point where i'm kind of like okay I, I know what's happening the the story is gonna take a pause now for me to start grinding through a dungeon and hit uh, a bunch of enemies to level myself up so i might use it for that to uh just kind of speed up that process um and i i so i basically started using that like the the full health limit break thing when mm-hmm. replaying. I mean, I, I'm also coming from a different perspective because I'm, I'm replaying it as opposed to experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. Um, I would just kind of, instead of like dealing with buying a bunch of health items or like like uh, like using a tent at a save point, I would just be like, oh, I'll just, I'll just heal everybody up by clicking this button. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. I didn't even think and, about I that. I mean, and like, and then I, then I have everybody has a limit. But like, I kind of wish I could separate that more where it could get the health benefit without the limit break stuff. But like, it doesn't, then I'll just burn it in a random battle. Mm-hmm. So that way I don't feel like I'm like cheating too much. Yeah. Um, one of the, but, but I, I like it because it does, it kind of just makes, uh, not that final fantasy seven is a grind heavy game, but it does make some of the repetition of random battles mm-hmm. a lot smoother. Cause you don't need, like, it's just kind of, you can keep on going forward. Yeah. And I, I guess hearing you say that, I didn't really think about this, but one of the things I had talked to David about was I don't want to use this feature for boss fights because that's usually in, a, in an RPG where they, they really pull out all the punches. And I guess if you can heal yourself whenever, then the money that you're allocating throughout the game, you're not going to be spending in the shops. Therefore, before a boss fight, you could stock up more. And so maybe that is going to lessen the experience. I don't know. Maybe I'll go in a little less prepared <laughs> into a boss fight to make it because I I do enjoy that strategy element of like, okay, how I need to find this guy's weakness. I need to figure out how I can like micromanage my party, see which, which characters need to, you know, be the healers in this situation and whatnot. Yeah. And that's, Uh, and that's the cool thing about Final Fantasy seven in general too, is that there, there's a lot of flexibility with what each characters do. Um, But the fact that like materia, you can kind of mess around with it and, you know, I'm going to give, fire and lightning to one character or no i'm gonna give a summon to this one do i want to have all the summons on that character or do i want to spread the wealth yeah Um, yeah and then even that like i do think the bosses i mean like you said they're kind of the showcases of the strategy like that's why i don't really feel bad for cheesing it a little bit in random battles because most of those are just like uh uh, i don't know just hit the attack button a lot like you'll kill (laughs) the little soldier guy 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I will say I do know about the um, the. I don't know if this is the spoiler, but I, I've always thought of it as the spoiler about a certain character who dies. Yeah, it's, it's one one person described it to me as like Xander. This is like the Darth Vader on your father kind of spoiler. For I think I might have been the person that. Said yeah, that. that might have been you. So I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. But it is. I mean, it was a thing where I mean, it was. Uh, I do not remember specifically the context of like how this was when it came out. I do believe like there was an article somewhere or like a, a screenshot that was just like, no, this is the end. This is, this is what happens to this cool. character. Okay. Um, she hasn't I, shown up other than like her like initial appearance in the very beginning, but you're just kind of, she's kind of a nobody right now. So I'm sure you're, still, you're still in Midgar, right? Yes. Yeah. You'll you'll get you'll get to deal with her more as when as you go farther into Midgar. The last yeah. thing I did is I I, um, I jumped off a train and I'm in the subway right now and they were trying to check my IDs on the train and it was very flashy and that sequence kind of hurt my eyes a bit but I'm I'm currently in the subway. So very early on, um, I'll maybe I'll write some impressions or something for the site. I don't know. It's if people would care about like. Some twenty-two-year-old who played Final Fantasy VII for the first game. time. I think yeah. there's an interest there. Mm -hmm. I think I should do that more because I've been playing a lot of games that, like, people that are longtime viewers of the site have played a long time ago, and I'm I'm getting two around for the first time. Um, I should probably be doing that more, but do it, yeah, do it up. Yeah, yeah. And the other game I was playing was Cuphead, but I think Neil probably has more to say on oh, that. Oh, I too. mean, we can both talk about Cuphead. Cuphead's yeah. real good. It is amazing. And as an animation major, and I hate saying as and blank, but <laughs> I, oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> as someone who watches cartoons, I think it looks yeah. really good. <laughs> as a video game player. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking um, forward to Cuphead, but I'm waiting for the physical copy. So I don't know. Is there I'm a physical copy? They said there's going to be. Okay. Um, so the thing with Cuphead is that there was a whole bunch of, whole bunch of who, Hubaloo uh, about it being really hard. What an appropriate word to use in this context. Hullabaloo. Um, <laughs> Very thirties. Uh, yes. When when it came out on a uh, on Xbox One and and I guess was it out on PC at the same time? I don't remember. Right. Yep. When it first came out in 2017, regardless of platforms, uh, people kind of there was a lot of discussion of of how hard it was, mm -hmm. and this isn't an easy game, but it was a lot more and and. I feel like this is some kind of like a weird trope to throw at games sometimes because I feel like uh, uh, you could kind of tie this to any sort of game. The boss fights felt more like I was playing a song in Rock Band than it was like a boss fight. Like there's a rhythmic nature to the way that the game plays. Uh, yeah. I really liked and, and I commented this on, on my review, which you can read at NintendoWorldReport.com and watch a video review of it on this YouTube channel. Uh, but about how like, you have like the fun music in the background, you have all the sound effects of the boss, and then you also have your gun kind of laying a consistent track because with the exception of one of the guns you can get, that they're all like rapid fire. Um, usually all at kind of slightly different speeds too. So like it all kind of just makes this into this like cohesive, weird musical track uh, that you're you're playing along to, and there is there is a rhythm to the the boss fights. Although if you're playing it on the regular difficulty level, um, there are like defined boss patterns, but they're kind of they're 
I, I don't know exactly how it's generated, but there is a there is a randomness to how the bosses like I'm trying to think of an example. Like there there's one boss that I that I remember. Um, it's a dragon that you fight, and he might like shoot rays out of his eyes, or he might blow out a fireball that kind of loops. Um, and for that phase, he will do one of those two things. The order of it is kind of random, so you need to pay attention to his tails and be like, ah. Oh, his eyes are getting ready. I gotta gotta get ready for those. Um, and uh, uh, the simple difficulty mode uh, makes it so those boss strategies are consistent, and you can kind of set your clock around them. Uh, but each boss plays out where you have like you know somewhere between like three or five different phases. That when you do die, you're like, oh man, like I was so close to beating that phase, and it kind of kept me, like I died hundred. I, I didn't. I wound up. I didn't check when I beat the game, how many deaths I had. Um, the last time that I, there is a way that you can check in the game. It's in like the second world or something. Uh, when I did check, I think I was at like between 300 and 400 deaths. Um, I died a, a lot, but most of those deaths, like I didn't feel demoralized because uh, it was very hard. And I think there's some bosses, especially near the end that like, I'm kind of like, come on guys. Like you really like this is, mm -hmm. this is, kind of bullshit um <laughs> but see. but for the most part there's a fairness to it and it's just demanding um if you do play in co-op though uh if you're quick enough you can revive each other which which kind of makes it uh like that was it's still difficult but it just gives you a little bit more flexibility because you you can die as opposed to when you're playing it by yourself three hits and you have to start over yeah. this is this is getting me really pumped from Extermination Force. Yeah, um, I think that Extermination Force does a few things better uh, to compare. I think I ultimately like Cuphead more. Um, there's a thing that, and and John John commented in the Extermination Force review. Uh, I don't like the hit detection in Extermination Force. I think it's really inconsistent, and for a game that's kind of relying on like you getting out by the skin of your teeth against giant mechs having a hit detection that is inconsistent was kind of maddening, especially when bouncing between that and Cuphead, where Cuphead is, is immaculate. Um, the one thing that Extermination Force has is that that is a game that is also very difficult, but there are things built into that where you can like get more health or like you can basically grind and make yourself more powerful if you're having trouble. You can't really do that in Cuphead. There are different weapons to get there are like buffs that you get but those are all earned by there's coins that you can find in like the in you find some of the world map and then there are the the handful of like regular side scrolling levels coins are found in there and there's a finite amount um so like once you get all these coins and like you just buy everything um there's not really a way to get better although you can play with different weapons and different buffs to kind of customize, I, I, that's what I did for like some of the later bosses. As I would find, like, oh, like this this weapon works better on this boss, mm -hmm. um, and so I would kind of mess with that. Or like this buff help. Like I need the extra heart, even if I have less firepower for this one. Right. It's interesting when they first uh, announced Cuphead. Uh, I think there was a bit of a backlash for it originally, just being just boss fights, and uh, you know that was kind of the intent of the game was they created this run and gun. And they didn't. They hadn't even settled on the animation style uh, being from the '30s until later on, once they knew what the game was going to be. 
they wanted it to be, uh, you know, this this element of memorization and recording rhythms uh, and looking for tells in a fight. And uh, that I felt like um, that worked out great for them because I, I don't particularly like going back to some of those platformer levels. They are, I find it more enjoyable to keep going back to um, the boss fights and seeing um, how far I can get. And it's interesting because it's not necessarily like it's a waiting game. It's uh, even though when you die, it shows you how far you got. It, that's essentially what the life bar of the boss is in a way. Um, it shows you how far you got to victory. Um, so it's it, it's very interesting. It's very fun, uh, and it is very hard. I think that the um, the boss gets more health with two players, but um, yeah. the you know the two players they don't bounce off of each other like they do in Mario. It's um, they what is it? They just they don't They're on different planes, planes I guess. Yeah. Uh, and this game is, I believe, getting uh, DLC later this year. Um, with um, I assume more bosses and uh, a new playable character, Miss Chalice. But I, I would imagine that's also coming to the Switch version as well. Um, I, I don't know if that's I confirmed didn't know or not. DLC coming. Um, oh wow! Oh, this is from like it was announced a year ago. Yeah, E3 yeah. 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in the uh, Xbox presentation, I believe. Um, so I'd imagine it's also coming to the Switch. Yeah, Miss Chalice. Miss Chalice. Um, yeah. Uh, and she's apparently controls differently. There's new weapons, new charms, new bosses. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I totally. I think I think I might have remembered it being announced at E3 last year, but totally forgot about it otherwise. Yeah, um, yeah. That's really exciting because I I think Cuphead's tremendous, and I I'm excited to play more of it. And I'm Whenever the DLC comes out, I will be on board. I'm very thankful that it's on the Switch. Um, you know, I, I have um, a, I have access to playing PC games, but I, I just can't. And so uh, it's very nice that it's on the Switch now because I, I don't have an Xbox. And, you know, when that first came out in 2017, everyone was like, it's literally a red and blue character. Like, you got red and blue Joy-Cons. So, you know, people were making a big deal out of the colors. Yeah. And it's just it, it is very nice, and it's a Microsoft game. And on it's a Switch. Microsoft game on Switch. Um, now, so bring now out everyone's gonna cowards. assume Master Chief will be in Smash or something, yeah. you know? Steve. Um, or Steve. So yeah. Cuphead, Cuphead's the majority of what I've been playing that I can talk about. Um, God, I'm trying to. My mind's kind of a blank. Um, Reigns Game of Thrones. That's cool. Uh, game of Thrones. That's that's fun as well. Uh, I did start playing a little bit of Picross S3, which is coming out next week. Um, I'll have a review of that before it comes out. We just got a code today. Uh, so the big Picross. thing for, for you Pickrack heads out there. <laughs> I still haven't finished the first one. Um, it adds, so there's Pick-A-Pix, Um I think it's called Pick-A-Pix Colors. There's a one that came out this year called Pick-A-Pix Pieces. Uh, it's, it's like another, another Picross series, but they had an element that I think might have been in other Picross games, but that was the first time that I really experienced it, where in addition to just, you know, having the numbers and everything, there's also colors, which just adds more layers to how, like, the, the complexity of the puzzles. Um, and I love that about the PicPix games. And now Picross S3 adds those color modes. Um, there's only, like, 30 puzzles that are the color variants. Um, I kind of like the interface of PicPix um a lot more with the color stuff um 
I think the the one thing that I'll say about it is that whereas like Picapix has the colors are kind of in like the top left of the screen that you can glance at, uh, you cycle through the colors on the Switch one, and it's all within the context of the playing field, which that's all right. But the colors are very small on the screen, especially in handheld, which is all that I play the game in. And also, like, what kind of crazy person plays Picross on the big screen? Like, more power to you if you do. I just don't see the appeal. That is that is a game that I want to curl up on a couch under a blanket and play. Um, not necessarily be like, look, at, turn up the sound. <laughs> We're going to listen to the repetitive backing track of the Picross game. Uh, but the colors are kind of hard to differentiate sometimes like when they're if it's like a dark green and a dark blue like i kind of have to guess as to hmm. which There's one is no that one option or anything like that um i don't think so uh interesting and and i don't have any issues with being colorblind unless unless all of a sudden it's hitting me like a truck playing <laughs> picross s3 um i mean it's just because of how small how small it is in in relation to everything else it's just sure. hard to kind of pick out um, maybe it'll smooth out, but other than that, I mean, it's another Picross game. There's 150 of the core puzzles. There's more of like the the clip Picross. I think there's like the giant Picross. I forget what they call it there. Um, it's been a while since Picross S2, um, so I'm glad that Jupiter is still making those games for Switch. And um, yeah, I, I, I maybe the color. I've only played like four or five puzzles of of the colors. In, in the game, but that seems to be the big new hook. And I'm a little down on it because I think that Pick a Picks does it better. But, yeah. All right. Pick Ross. I also played the Box Boy plus Box Girl demo. Uh, that uh, I wrote a preview when we saw it at PAX East, and I said, that sure is a Box Boy game. Now, this is the fourth one, right? Yeah. yeah. Even um, the last one was called Bye Bye Box Boy. Yeah. It was like a farewell to I a. Do. There's a real like darkness to the Box Boy series <laughs> that I think I appreciate. Like, I, I it's been a while since like I don't think any of the stories of the first three really affected me as much as like how the last one ends, where it's just that like Box Boy's like I'm gonna go in this hole and go away now. Um, <laughs> like that just like like that just like a hole was in my heart <laughs> the first Box Boy. Uh, uh, I appreciate on Twitter when you talked about how Cutie is just the tall one. That's yeah, the whole all of Nintendo's marketing for Box Boy plus Box Girl, they're like, and there's a new mode with Cutie, the tall one. <laughs> like you can mm -hmm. listen to the the reveal in the direct, and there we got a press release that was like Box Boy coming out next week, and it's like there's also a mode with Cutie, the tall one. <laughs> um, and I and I will point out that the tweet that I had about that was liked by someone. In Nintendo PR, <laughs> so they know. So they know that the voice inflection is really the joke. <laughs> yeah, they know the tall one. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I played the co-op stuff. I played it with my with my nine year old niece. Um, we had a great time playing the co-op stuff. I think that I think the co-op things are are handled really nicely in this. I did notice that you can play them single player, which seems like less fun. But, I mean, it's basically you alternate between both characters, but, like, at least you can still play that content if you're by yourself, which that's good. Um, but I had a lot of fun. I think there's, like, uh, eight or eight levels, I think, in the demo. Uh, totally worth checking out if, if you're on the fence. I mean, it is just basically, like, hey, this is this is Box Boy. And then they have a little, like, trailer at the end that shows you some of the, the newer twists, like the, the springs and, like, those weird pencil things that come out, too. 
but then it like gets to the, like the the title screen, which is just that like look at the colorful world, and the color just disappears, Ooh. and then it's just box boy, box girl, and the box baby, and they're like, ah. um, <laughs> and now I need to get the full game and and save them all. I wonder if that ties into the narrative because the first one had like zero color, and then they kind of slowly introduced it yeah. throughout the series. So I wonder if this is like some sort of message about how they're mm -hmm. obtaining happiness, and then the tall maybe one yeah maybe it's. Maybe maybe just the guys at Hal Labs have a lot to say about climate change. Maybe, <laughs> maybe is the is the tall one available in the demo? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was just like the eight um, normal yeah. stages. Yeah, he's. I think he's only intended to be post game. Okay. I mean, maybe that's like an alternate story. Like you, like you, you save the day, and it's like, what was what was the tall one doing the whole what time? If, what if you know? What if Box Boy never went into the hole? <laughs> I really like now. There's a part of me that needs to go dig up my box boy lore, and like oh, see own. like where where are we? Where is this in the timeline? Yeah, you know, I've I've discovered recently that Hal Laboratories puts an ungodly amount of lore in the pause menus of Kirby games. Yeah, um, I, I just watched a video on like Kirby lore in 25 minutes, and I was like, 25 minutes for Kurt? What? <laughs> And uh, yeah. yeah, most of the lore is in the pause menus, so it's it's interesting that this is a uh, yeah yeah because how how labs um I mean with their relation with Kirby I mean yeah that was the company that, that created created I mean Masahiro mm -hmm. Sakurai when he was there he he made Kirby uh, but they're kind of like how there is the Pokemon company and they kind of like you know veto all the Pokemon stuff and like you know make sure it's all consistent. Uh, Hal Labs, I think there, there's another because there's a company like Warp Store or Warp Star, yeah. uh, Warp Star <laughs> that is kind of like that's the Kirby holding company, and I think it might be, I think that might be like uh, split ownership. I know Hal Labs owns half of it. Nintendo might own the other half. I don't, I don't think there's another company involved, but Hal Labs does kind of like they, they every you know you do have like good feel working on Kirby's Epic Yarn, but Hal Labs is there just basically to make sure that the Kirby stuff is on brand. Interesting. Um, so, so yeah, they do have a stranglehold on that lore. That is um, that is very fascinating. To me. Yeah. You know, if, I wonder if a uh, box boy and you know, they put him in Smash. If his like attacks are just like doing what he does in the game, you know, he sucks away the color. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. He like does reverse <laughs> of what the Splatoon characters do. I don't know what they would do with, with Mr. Game. I mean, I mean, yeah, like I don't know what you would do other than like he shot a box at him. <laughs> Makes a better assist trophy. Yeah, it would be like Piranha Plant. You know, where he like does the extending um, <laughs> stem, but it's like with the uh, with the boxes. That'd be. I mean, his recovery would be really cool because you. Oh yeah, that would be to get on the edge. It kind of be like Pac Man in a sense, you know. Yeah. Where he like creates the dots. And, I do. Yeah, that's I, cool. I I do um I do echo Justin in that. I think I, I I'm sad that there wasn't a box boy trophy. That would. Yeah, been. that is a bummer. Yeah, and they made an amiibo, which is very hard to find. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe this one will come out physically with the amiibo. That would be great because that's uh you know I I'm, one of the few things I collect are amiibo and that one I'm like there's gonna be a day in my life where I'm gonna have to find that one and it's oh it's getting worse by the minute. All right, so any, anything else or shall we move on to the news here? Because we've managed to go almost an hour and not talk about <laughs> Smash. <laughs> Well, we started. Well, how about how about we uh we pull this from the chat to get us talking about Smash a little bit? Uh, from Matthew Kelly, which character from Atari 
would you like to see as a DLC fighter pass fighter for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Atari has characters. <laughs> that was the first question I was going to ask. Is Cubert Atari centipede the centipede man? Now you've got me looking up Cubert. Is it uh, that album by Christian Garcia where it's all video game characters? Is like the majority of them Atari? I'm going to have to say uh, if if an Atari character comes to Smash, (laughs) E.T. Nah, the alien from Alien vs. Predator. Isn't like Pong an assist trophy or something? A a, a Pong knockoff is an assist trophy. Yeah, Color TV Game 13 or whatever. Yeah, that was like a Japanese console Nintendo made. Look it up. Uh, yeah, and um, we had a question earlier about if Miyamoto did a shooter, um, not in the kind of Donkey Kong Three, but he did have uh, he did some consulting work on Geist. So yes, there was a shooter there. Yeah, and that's when he was like, "What if you're the dog?" I think the centipede would be a cool assist trophy, kind of coming down and getting in the Pitfall way. Pitfall Harry. Or no, he's owned by Activision. And Miyamoto is in a shooter <laughs> in a Perfect Dark. Wow. I, I'm guessing that didn't stay for a replay. <laughs> yeah, some of the heads on the characters uh, were like, I know there's like Ken Lobb and Miyamoto and yeah. all sorts of random employees on some of the enemies. Yeah. So Smash 3.0 finally out, uh, dro- dropped in a video on tu- on Tuesday night, and then showed up. Well, let's say this morning because the distribution of the patch was kind of a tire fire. Yeah, it was uh, not great, Bob. <laughs> well, it was trending on Twitter twice. I got the patch right away because I was refreshing every hour on the hour. Like, is the update out? And I kept like refreshing on my switch and so i guess i was one of the first people to start downloading nice. the update so it went through took a couple minutes but then i got it and then everyone else was like i can't get it yeah one of the it, smash tubers i watched nintendo got it like right away and then i just kind of watched for hours of that uh not really hours i went to bed because i was like okay i've got class tomorrow i can't wait in this but uh <laughs> yeah it did take me a long time to buy all the costumes though I still got to do that for mine. Yeah, I I actually because um, I was unable to download it until this morning. I have I have not played it yet. I'm yeah. excited to try Joker though and mess around with the stage creator. Yeah, well, I have played Joker. Uh, he feels to me a lot like a different Sheik. Same type of movement. Uh, has some projectiles that are probably better than Sheik's. Mm-hmm. But, the uh, run is like identical. Yeah, in the up air. Yeah, and the up air as well. And his up B when he has his um, what, his what? spirit thing with him. Our persona. Thing, right? Yeah, his persona. Oh, um, it is like identical to Corin's up B with the wings. No, it's, I think it's more like uh, Pitts. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I. And it, it goes a lot further than uh, Corin's also. But uh, overall, I don't know how I feel about the character Joker. I know I l- people like to hear my wrong opinions on this show. So I'm going to say <laughs> Joker shouldn't belong in this game. Joker, it feels so out of place. I hate how when you win with Joker, it doesn't even say the character's name. 
uh, it just every win with any every other character, the announcer is like. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the announcer doesn't want to brag about himself because well, the Joker, the the voice, the announcer is the same voice actor uh, as Joker, Marcus, who plays Joker. Yeah. And, kinda, oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then and then you can actually have him fight Master Hand and Crazy Hand in uh, classic mode. So it's uh, Xander Mobus versus Xander Mobus and Xander Mobus. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But yeah, I mean. I, as far as competitive play goes, uh, Joker seems maybe like a higher tier, but like I think it's really hard to kill the Joker unless you have the persona out, which I think is really gonna hold the character back because mm -hmm. uh, if you die at the wrong time and you have to start from scratch, it's gonna be one heck of a climb back, you know? Yeah, I I, I found that I, like if you're if you're aggressive with the uh, the rebels guard the the down the down B guarding that you can build that meter up real fast, mm -hmm. but then like, you're still taking damage to get it. So yeah, you're you're taking yeah, it's not very much though. So if you're starting from scratch, I think I can get. I think I was able to get to having our sand out in about fifteen percent, which admittedly that can swing a fight, but I didn't I didn't really have any issues with it. But I wasn't playing on. I wasn't trying to play online either because you know the whole online situation last night was incredibly suboptimal. Yeah. I'm a no Smash Brothers professional, but my uh, the, I'm an RA, and my residents are like extremely good at it. They uh, they got into Elite Smash like six times on my profile, and they have <laughs> which is terrible because it means every time I get on to play, I'm getting my butt kicked like within seconds. So it's whatever. Um, but the they have described him as Meta Knight with a with a gun. And um, I thought that was kind of ironic because, you know, Kirby can copy him and then also have a gun as well. But, yeah, they have described that he feels just like Meta Knight, but he has a gun. So take that with what you will. And I, I have yeah. over 10 characters in Elite Smash at this point. Oh, good for you. Wow, that's awesome. Okay. It's, yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's a bizarre character. And uh, just like I said, the whole having the Arsene thing out, just seems so important and it's a struggle to keep it keep it out because you like need that for the kills without it i felt like you're not getting the kills and i've uh, i haven't really timed it but i think all my matches when i play joker go longer than if i played as other characters as a result mm. yeah I, I just i played a bit with him in in, in you know single player stuff and uh he he's not going to replace Ike for me as a main, but he's probably in that the tier that I'd be willing that I wouldn't mind if he came up on random or would go for him if given the opportunity. I I I kind of like his I kind of like that uh, start out defensive because because the meter will go even faster if you're behind and then just go to, and then try to get as much damage in as you can with Arsene out as the to get your KOs that way. And that, and I really love the final smash, especially since you do get two shots at it if you miss the first one. Yeah, I haven't even seen the final smash. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like an interesting character. Like, that's the thing is, I don't really have any attachment to Persona, mm -hmm. um, especially Persona Five. Um, I, I just, I haven't played it. If it came to Switch, maybe, maybe I'd play it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm, I'd probably enjoy it. I like Shin Megami Tensei games. Uh, but he just he looks like a novel character and that's my thing is that like 
even if it's from series that might not be Nintendo series, uh, just let Sakurai and, and the Bandai Namco team just let them let them make fun, unique characters. And I think so far with the two DLC characters that they've done with Piranha Plant and Joker, it seems like they succeeded at making unique characters. Yeah, and I think that it speaks well to, like I said, the appeal that people have for the character. You know, they did really well uh, matching, I think, the expectation that people had. They, they liked the character. They liked the, the victory screen, the stage, all the songs. Uh, it sets a big precedent for the rest of the uh, the Fighters Pass. Um, but I'm with you, Neil. I wish that uh, I just had more context. I, I, I have not played this game. It's... A, a, I just got a PS4, and I have no time to play that. I mean, you can't go Final Fantasy VII and Persona Five. That's uh, too much. Um, so, you know, if it comes to Switch, I would like to check it out for sure. It's a bad. I was yeah. say Joker is the only Smash Brothers character I had never heard of before Smash Brothers. So it's really weird to me. Yeah, I didn't know his, what his name. I, I knew what Persona Five was. Uh, I from like osmosis of uh, the game following. Um, but I did not know that was his name. And so when I first said Joker, I was like, there's a, someone made a character named the Joker post Batman Joker. What? What? All right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a code name for, uh, for I figured people. it had something to do with some sort of like uh, agent thing. Cause he's a thief. Right. So yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. So along with that, along with the uh, Joker update, also came the stage builder. And um, can we get a 3.0.1 to get rid of the stage builder? Because it took about 24 <laughs> picoseconds for the first genitalia to show up. I, I will and... say, when you guys were talking about Joker, checked it. It's they didn't. They're doing a really good job at, at getting all that filled out. Yeah. Like like it seems like I think the server being down and some people being able to get into the stage builder kind of like Nintendo was probably putting out another fire. So they couldn't make sure that, that dicks were, weren't in every stage. Dicks, um, actual sex, nine yeah. 11, you know, the, oh, the kind of terrible. things that the internet would put up. Come on guys. If... Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw some awful things just looking at it today and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how can, how can this be? How could this be on? In uh, about a million versions of Mario pissing. Could you share levels on the Wii U? Yeah, I think you could with friends. Okay. Yeah. So this is the first time it's like global. Well, actually, I think Brawl, you could share levels uh, online, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You had a lot more limitation with the Brawl because it was grid based. So. Yeah. So yeah, looks, I, I mean, it looks like the like the tools there are like really impressive, mm -hmm. um, and you can do stuff with it. It's just going to probably take a while before people get very smart and creative with it. I'm hoping to mess around with it a little bit. I'm not the best with with created stuff, but Nintendo. I mean, especially in a post Mario Maker world, um, if they can make the act of creation fun, yeah, um, for this, then then maybe I'll maybe I'll make some doofy levels. I think we. Uh, I, at least I hope, I think like uh, Matt and a couple other people might be streaming over the weekend, messing with the, the stage creators and playing, because you can play all the levels online. Yeah. 
Can you like follow, like, does it show you like your friends list and like the stages they've made? Or is it just a feed of? It's levels? a feed of people, although you can follow the creators in there. So you can also report them if you need okay. to. Yeah. So would it be easy for me to find some, like any of your levels or would I have to like look you up or? You uh, there are codes you can share for it, I know. Of course there are codes. Ah, okay. They're like eight character codes. Oh, yeah. and possibly the biggest news of all, we have a second game on the Switch Online app now. Yeah, looking at it right now. Looking at the levels. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's something I hope that they do with Mario Maker too. Is that you have like a feed of like um, not just your people you're following, and then like the, the top levels, which are probably going to be those auto scrolling or auto Mario levels. But I, I hope that there's like a friends list feed, so I don't have to keep yeah like. Following people again, it's just. Oh, goodness. I think that the Smash Brothers stage creator stuff gives us a good blueprint for what to expect with Mario Maker. I hope Mario Maker is a little more in depth because, mm -hmm. I mean, the stage creator. Let's get real. Stage creator is like a bonus feature for Smash Brothers. For Mario Maker, this is the game. You know, I wonder if the next um, app on that Switch app is going to be Mario Maker. Because they had that website built for uh, the, the Wii U where you could like look up levels and download yeah. them to your Switch. It, I mean, that no, like, I mean, if, if they don't have that, what are they doing? Yeah. I do. I mean, like, the fact that, like, you can, you can, yeah, levels in Smash Brothers, like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to have that in Mario Maker. Right. It's just, I, I hope that's all there in place at launch as opposed, you know, I mean, with Smash Brothers, like, we got this app, you know, five months after it came out. <laughs> Yeah, that the uh, that website that they built for the Wii U, uh, I'm sure, is going to a format of it is going to be on that Switch app fairly soon, I'd imagine. You would hope. You would hope. Yeah. I also just want to say about this update. Uh, it seems like they nerfed projectiles against shields and maybe made the shields a little bit stronger, mm -hmm. which is interesting and. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do more balance changes to the game overall. Mm -hmm. Everything seemed kind of light. Although, Although characters got a bit of an adjustment, I read, especially Corin. Corin got a major buff. Yeah, so did the ice climbers apparently. So, well, I tried that, and it's—I don't think it's as big a buff as you'd think because the only way you can really pull it off is from a standstill position. So, uh in the heat of combat, it's not going to be as useful most of the time. Okay. Yeah, just that a solid lot of... definitely needs some buffs, for sure. Like, real ones. Mm -hmm. Not Final Smash buffs. Yeah. Alright, so... Yeah, so we'll obviously have more on Smash in the, in the days ahead. Look for some video content related to that on the, on his here channel over yeah. the, long, the long weekend. Um... July was already very busy for Nintendo between Dragon Quest Builders and uh, and Fire Emblem Three Houses, and then they decided to answer the immortal question of when's Marvel with uh, July nineteenth. Um, I I want to see what the hell this game is. <laughs> like, oh, it'll uh, probably be the big game in their booth at E three. So, it, I mean, it, like it might be. <laughs> 
like, sorry, what was the name of the game? Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Oh, Marvel. Yeah, I, guess, I guess we just we just called it Marvel. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, should I know what this is? Okay. Marvel. Marvel. Okay. Um no, like I'm I I I like adored X-Men Legends 1 and 2. Uh, I played Marvel Alliance 1 and 2, but I wasn't like X-Men Legends 1 and 2 came out at the right time of like kid in high school who had time to just play a dungeon crawler like four times. Uh, Marvel of Alliance 1 and 2, I played a lot of co-op with friends in college. Uh, but it's it's this is just still one of the weirdest revivals of a series I've ever seen. Uh, because it's been it's been literally a decade. Um, Activision and you know Vicarious Visions and Raven Software um, have zero to do with this game. Mm. It is Nintendo. And it is Koei Tecmo. Team and, Ninja specifically. Yeah, yeah. Team Ninja is making the sequel to a game that was made by Vicarious Visions and published by Activision over a decade ago. I wonder if it has to do with the uh, MCU being as successful as it is. Uh, um, it's just I mean, over 10 years old now. Yeah, it's also that Marvel um, Activision doesn't have the Marvel license, license anymore, yeah. and Marvel's treating the, or Disney, more appropriately, is treating the Marvel license like they're treating the Star Wars license to a degree, mm -hmm. where it's kind of like up for grabs, because yeah. like on, on you know, Sony, uh, first party wise, they had Spider-Man last year, uh, they have the Iron Man VR experience. They have Spider-Man in July. Yeah. Um, and then there's Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is Nintendo only. Uh, there's There's been a lot of Lego games with the Marvel superheroes. There's, oh God. Oh, there's that Avengers game from Square Enix that I think has been in development since like Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. um, may, maybe we'll see that game at E3. I would, I would think, I would have to think so. Maybe I don't know if it even has like a range. I think they're just like we're making this game. See you in ten years. So, in other words, yeah, a typical square. Yeah, because it, it's Crystal Dynamics is making it, right? Yeah, I kind of forget details about that because there there weren't a lot. Um, but like, so so Marvel has the the license kind of spread out. Uh, it's it's savvy, I think, in in lieu of not having this out for Endgame next week. Uh, it's going to come out right after that Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it will. And you know there's going to be a tie-in because they showed the... When they announced the game, they showed off Captain Marvel and that was the yeah. movie that was getting ready to come out. Yeah, they're going to have Avengers characters. They're going to have they have Captain Marvel. Um, they have at least three Spider-Men or Spider-People. Uh, Spider-Gwen's going to be in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miles Morales, uh, you know, traditional Peter Parker Spider-Man is also going to be there. Peter Parker. Um, I hope they have Peter B. Parker. Uh, <laughs> uh, give me Spider-Ham. Spider-Man oh, War. Yeah. Just do it up. Make a Spider-Verse video game. They kind of did. It was Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Came out like 10 years ago. It was pretty all right. Um, apparently influenced Spider-Verse the movie. Mm. Great uh, movie. But when this but, game comes out, since Tim, Team Ninja's working on it, are all the superheroes going to have to ask permission to use their powers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know they made more games than just the one. Yeah, I, I'm just worried that uh, that the the proportions on some of the characters are going to be wildly exaggerated. <laughs> it's going to be like totally normal, and then they're just going to have Psylocke in there, and it's going to be like. Is <laughs> yes, uh, the Japanese version going to have costumes we don't have that are revealing? 
um, like has has Team Ninja ever made a game like this? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Like, is this gonna control like Ninja Guy? Like I don't know. All we've seen is like some sizzle real trailer. Like I could ramble about this game for a while, but we we know almost nothing other than they're like it's gonna be like the other ones. We think. And does like Endgame come out digitally around the around this time? Probably not. No, I think it's gonna be like August. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'll... Infinity War. I think Infinity War was August or September. Yeah. Okay. Also, when did Nintendo get religion about putting games out in July? Now they, they got... used to avoid it like the plague. Yeah. yeah. There was like a solid ten years. Oh, probably more. Like, no, no, because there was there was a year like I, I as someone who has written a lot of features about this, uh, <laughs> Mario Strikers Charged um, came out in July in two thousand seven. I think that was their last, and then I think I think Dragon Quest Nine might have come out in July as well. Yeah, I think but... that might have been the last like so called major release for for a good solid eight years until until last year. I think no, two years ago, Splatoon two. Oh, okay, wow. yeah, yeah. Splatoon was two was Sports two years Club? ago, and then last year was Octopath and Captain Todd. Yeah. What about Wii Sports <laughs> Club? Didn't that come out in July? Marvel but Wii Sports Club was a compilation of games that came out. Like, I know, I know, it's technical. You're every commenter, Justin. Wii Sports. It was because I was game. like, the, there so is no game coming out in July. But Wii Sports game. Club is coming out. One, all these games came out in 2006. Two. They're all available digitally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a point. Mm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, we have three Nintendo published games. Well, I think is Dragon Quest Builders Nintendo published in or in the West? It is yes. But okay, because Square Square Enix and their infinite wisdom have figured out a way to get Nintendo to pay for all of their Switch game production uh, outside, okay. of, outside of like Final Fantasy. In that they have Nintendo publish the games. Yeah, yeah, because I think I think it's the weird. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So at PAX East, um, Dragon Quest Builders Two was on the show floor, um, but at Square's booth, they they are no no they did have the Switch version because that's where we got footage. Or no, so, no no we only got footage for the PS4 version. Um, probably because Square Enix is publishing the PS4 version, but yeah. Nintendo is publishing the Switch version. Yeah, that's so, gonna be real, real fun to figure out. Come review code time. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're gonna want to go to Nintendo for that because yeah. that they, I think they're listed. I believe that. Let me let me check the game list here, but I think they're listed as the publisher on the Nintendo yeah. version. So. Yeah. So I mean, but, but even still, um, in July, Nintendo's got three games coming out uh, one week. You've got Dragon Quest Builders two, you've got Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, and you've got Fire Emblem Three Houses. That. So the, those are long ass games. All that three is, of them. That is a a metric boatload of RPGs. Yeah, and they're all different. I will three say, because Marvel RPGs. Alliance is going to be more of a dungeon crawler, you know, like Diablo, Baldur's Gate kind of thing. Um, you know, Fire Emblem Three Houses is, is going to be a you know turn based strategy, uh, narrative driven, and then Dragon Quest Builders is is you know Dragon Quest Minecraft. Which I will yeah. say, I was I was really impressed by the demo for Dragon Quest Builders too. It seems like they're refining a little bit of like the rough edges, um, pun intended, for Dragon Quest mm -hmm. Builders. Yeah. 
and yeah, Nintendo's down for the Switch version, so reach out to them. But yeah, I mean, like it's weird because the first six months of the year, there's like four games from Nintendo, and then there's four games, and then there's three games in July. They almost double up. But like that's like that's the thing, and I and I understand in the grand scheme of things, um, there's more than enough to play on Switch. Like there's even just this week, you got Katana Zero, which looks awesome. You've got Cuphead. Um, there's that Konami arcade collection, which I don't know, might it's interesting at least. Um, we've got Mortal Kombat 11 next week. We had Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2 come out earlier this week. We've got Final Fantasy 12 later in the week or later in the month. We've got Dragon's Dogma next week, and a lot of these reports I know. We got SteamWorld Quest next week. Uh, looking into May, we've got three Resident Evil games, um, including Resident Evil 4, which is one of the best games ever made, I think. Um, yeah, Giga Wreckers coming out in a week. And we've already had a buttload of other really cool, interesting games across the board from all these indie developers and third parties in 2019. But Nintendo has released a port of a Wii U game, a, a Yoshi platformer, which is, which is pretty cool, Labo VR. We're going to get an eShop game next week. And, and that is the first five months of the year. Yeah, I think Nintendo's output on Switch has been pretty bad overall. They have hysterically punted for the first half, or the for at least the first five months. And I guess doesn't mean Animal Crossing would be like August, September, and then you have Luigi's Mansion and October. Yeah, I mean like the second half of the year should be like Pokemon in November. We're gonna be crying because we're gonna be like, how am I going to play all of these video games? <laughs> um, which would have been real cool if they balanced it out. I mean, I think ultimately what happened is they expected Fire Emblem to be out in May, and then it got delayed. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, I think they they were back. Last year, I think it was pretty bad for first-party Nintendo, except for Smash Brothers. In all honesty, Pokemon was like okay, I guess, but yeah, not impressive. I mean, like it is the kind of thing. I I thought their holiday last year was kind of weak, but they sold a lot, so I was wrong. Well, they just <laughs> had the right franchise. Yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon, and Smash were two good things to to build a a bare bones holiday season around. Yeah, uh, and but even in the first half of the year. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot of ports. I know. I mean, they also have ports this year. First half of the year, what you had, um, Hyrule Warriors. You had Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. You had Sushi Striker. You had Kirby. Mario Tennis Aces. Kirby. There was like a January game, wasn't there? Uh, Bayonetta. 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 Yeah, Bayonetta one and two. Um, another port, but but like that. That's that's a lot of games, and I know they have a lot of. Good solid indie support. You can read the reviews on all these games. We have a lot that we've loved, but it's still disappointing that Nintendo, from a from a first party perspective, have basically just kicked the can down the line for the year. And I'm super pumped for Mario Maker Two. Whenever that comes out in June, whether it's the beginning of the month or the end, I'm I'm fine. Um, Cadence of Hyrule is supposed to be a spring game. I'm I'm with I'm for that game with bells on. Uh, Crypto the Necrodancer rules. Zelda is absolutely my jam. I want to play the ever loving shit out of that game. Uh, it is it is just disappointing that Nintendo's first half of the year is so empty. Is this going to be like a trend? Do you think like an on year off year? Or like but last year was kind of an off year too. Yeah. There's only so many Wii U ports. Like so I, I mean, be like. 
off year punt amazing end yeah off year punt amazing end. i don't know I mean, yeah, like, like, cause, but you do look at the second half of the year and it looks great, but it's like, why couldn't you spread that out a little bit? Especially yeah. with July, where they have three games coming out in a span of three weeks. And it's, I mean, maybe they are building up to releasing a new version of, of the system, you know, the Switch Lite or the Switch Pro or both or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they're doing that and they want to have like all those new games kind of come out when they can sell. They can still sell new users on the system and also get us saps to go buy another switch or two. You know, with that in mind, you know, a, I, I'm not disappointed. I mean, I, I've hardly got time to even play games right now. It's, I've had Final Fantasy VII for like two weeks, and I've only got through two hours in. Yeah. But, well, at the same time, like I, I just mentioned a moment ago, like okay, Animal Crossing could be in August or September, and then they could do Luigi's Mansion in October, and then. Pokemon's always in November, and then they have like waiting for the holiday. Who's to say that they're not going to like bunch those together like they did with July? You know. That, so. I mean, that would be funny. It's just like, yeah, we have four games coming out over the holidays. They're coming out in the two-week span between <laughs> Halloween and Thanksgiving. Yeah, it, well, we just I'm mentioned sure. Animal Crossing same day. It's yeah. going to be a. <laughs> that's like that's like the, when they had Mario Odyssey, and they're just like, oh, by the way, Fire Emblem Warriors go die. You're at the week before <laughs> Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the first time they did that to a Fire Emblem game, even though. Yeah. Or what is it they did with, uh, it was a long time ago. It was like Mario 3D Land and The Link Between Worlds, I think. Were like no, the same no, it was Mario. It was 3D World. It was Link Between Worlds. And it was uh, Mario, Ma- Party. Mario Mario Party Island Tour. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't okay. think it really worked out. <laughs> cool. That's a party. But, like, I mean, the Switch is doing well. Um, obviously, like, I mean, maybe this was an experiment to be like, what if we didn't put out any games? How would the system do? <laughs> well, the, the way Smash is going, it uh, looks like it's going pretty well. Yeah. Did they do that experiment with the Wii U? <laughs> <laughs> I actually that. think, I, I think with the exception of that 2013, I think the, the Wii U every year had a more vibrant first half of the year from first parties. Um, the difference with the Wii U is that there were no third parties. Yeah. <laughs> But like I mean, yeah, like, like I will. In, uh, I, I feel like I need to qualify with a lot of my like rankings on first-party Nintendo output. Like I'm, I have too many games to play. Yeah. Like like I, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I'm I'm more looking at this from a. Uh, it, you know what's fun to talk about this show? New Nintendo games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I, we I'm know just... we know that you out there watching. You like that more. Like, you're kind of like, you're, we're like Katana Zero. You're like snooze, even though you shouldn't. Katana Zero looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me talking about Picross, I'm sure that's thrilling content. You know what would have been better? If I was talking about a new Mario game. Yeah, it's, it, people want what they can't <laughs> have. It's that whole thing. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, like, as, as, as someone playing games, and I would assume people watching this probably feel the same way. Like we have enough to play. There's like 40 million games coming out a week, and, and I don't know. There's at least like two to five interesting games coming out on the eShop every week. Yeah, I'm more than I can keep up with, man. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Persona Five will probably fit in one of those months. Yeah. Too. Now, watch yeah. Persona Five is going to come out July 25th. <laughs> oh, oh God! If that's the case, I'd have to take like three weeks off work. <laughs> And I'm already burning my vacation for the year <laughs> on E3, so. Oh, uh, 
that's hilarious. You know what? That's so. Yes, that that that's yeah. That that's hilarious. I bet that's what's gonna happen. Uh, yeah. So just a couple of quick quickie things here, uh, because it's getting real late. Uh, Switch Software 8.0. Uh, they added some new organization stuff, but still no folders. I know. What are you guys doing? I like that accessibility zoom, though. I really appreciate that. It's really silly. I can finally zoom in and read text that's, like, too small for me to see. Maybe, maybe I'll get Xenoblade now. I don't know. Yeah. That'll add another 100 hours or so to your tier <laughs> play clock. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Oof. So uh, some reports out of China indicating that Nintendo partnering with uh, Epic Game Store owners Tencent to possibly launch the Switch in China, or at that least they have a. Is, that's gigantic. That that's already put Nintendo stock up like fifteen percent. Yeah, boy. Yeah, like that's a really big deal. Well, they stopped. I, I, pretend... uh, I forget what they're called, but they have like that. Is that what they're called? With the, the like Punch Out and Twilight Princess are on. Oh no! Oh, the, the Nvidia Shield partnership. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. They they might I don't know, but they, I mean those are Wii. They're talking about Wii games there, and this would be like because they've only got approval for a couple of things, like they've only got approval for for Super. I think New Super Mario U Deluxe yeah. got got approved on the because every game in China has to be approved by the government before it can be sold. Yep. So they got that and the and the Switch in partnership with the Chinese company. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to put an even bigger run on switches if they can get that if they can actually complete that partnership and actually get the thing yeah. out there. Like, I mean, I I won't pretend to know that much about the specifics of you know like the the market in China and everything, but um, if the switch is available in China, that's going to be gigantic for the industry and for Nintendo. Yeah, it wasn't Breath um, of the Wild updated like a few months ago with Chinese. Yeah, simple yeah, they've added. Yeah, they've added like simplified and traditional Chinese to yeah. a lot of games to presume maybe in preparation for this, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, if if, if this goes through, like that's gonna be really good for the company. Um hopefully Tencent won't buy them. Now they they so if that was to happen though, would that mean we'd get Nintendo games in the Epic Game Store? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and then we'd have a lot of people be really mad because it's anti uh, anti Chinese sentiment. Um, the, yeah. And la last but not least, very quickly here, uh, Sony released first details in Wired magazine this week of what what we they didn't call it the PlayStation Five, but let's face it, it's going to be the PlayStation Five. Oh, uh, they should call it the PlayStation One. That'd be a weird flex. I mean, <laughs> they're not the only ones doing it right now, are they? Yeah, <laughs> you thought it was yeah. the Xbox One. Well, now it's the PlayStation One. Oh, Nintendo One, than... but they have a W O N. And... The Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Nintendo One, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, uh, the PS Five. It's backwards compatible. Yay! It's backwards compatible. Um, apparently, we'll have. They're talking about SSDs. Like their their test case was the flying in in Spider Man, or or the fast travel in Spider Man, yeah. which apparently went from fifteen second load time to like nothing. 
Yeah, it was like 0.6 seconds. Yeah. yeah. And also a... I like that. I like those loading animations. Of yeah, like that's, that's something about like, I I know we should be just like, no, no load times ever. But like, sometimes I like a little, I like that 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 pause in the game. Sometimes. Yeah, that's neat. Like, you know, keep it, keep it lower. Like 15 seconds seems long. Um, yeah. But like, I think having some kind of load screen is sometimes a nice buffer between moments in a game. Spider-Man, like, watching YouTube with some dude on the bus. Like, that was, that was cute. I don't know. Yeah, so the other the other thing, and the the thing that... Is, I mean, it's Sony's job to make it sound good when they finally launch the price, but they're talking about putting the, like, ray tracing technology, which is only on, like, uber, uber expensive video cards right now, and that big solid, big solid state drives that are suitable for games that are reaching 100 gigs routinely... That's not going to be cheap. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, like, if they, if they can get the price around something reasonable, someone in the chat mentioned about $400. I, uh, I highly doubt that. Um, this, I mean, maybe, maybe they'll get it lower by the time it comes out. I mean, they also reiterated in the article it's not coming out in 2019, which did anyone expect that? Um, particularly. Seems like a 2020 thing. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't really hear more about it until 2020. Uh, but I'm fine with that. I just got a PS4 like a month it, ago. So. It seems like $500 is the cheapest that this will be. And even that, I, I'm not that confident about. But maybe by the time it comes out, a lot of the parts won't be as much money and, and they can sell it for, for 500 bucks. Yeah. But like they, Sony has to make sure that we can't bust out all those memes from E3 2006 again, or there, that could be trouble for them. Yeah, yeah, they need to be careful about the rollout because this is this is hubris, Sony, and they are in a lot different spot than they were, or you know, even with just what the PS3 purports to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they are. This is probably the most successful they've been since the PS2 era. Um, yeah, look at that. I up. don't think that the PS5 will be a similar outcome as the PS3, where they just fell flat on their face. Uh, I think that the PS4 to PS5 transition is set to be a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not doing like a ridiculous, weird architecture like they did with PS3. Um, it seems like they're keeping the little bit of you know off-the-shelf computer parts that they did with PS4. Um, and I mean, they did say that PS5 is going to be backwards compatible with PS4, which which is great. Um, like I, I, I'm I'm curious. I mean, I know the answer for Justin, um, Donald, or Xander. Do you have interest in a PS5 at launch? You have an interest in a PS5 in two years after launch? Well, like, give because for our. Is, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Xander. Oh, um. So, I mean, I uh, I just got a PS4 um, a, like a month ago, and I purely I was only interested in getting it because I really wanted to play that Spider-Man game. Uh, but now that I have it, you know, there's a few other titles I, I would like to try out that I've uh, uh, just not had the opportunity to play, uh, such as God of War, uh, the Uncharted Collection, uh, Persona 5. Uh, although, you know, maybe that one's in the is in the cards for the Switch. I, who knows? Um, so when 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 it comes to like getting one at launch, uh, right now I'm I'm again I'm I'm still trying to keep up with, with uh, just Switch games. So I don't I don't think I'm going to be a, a customer on there unless they uh, 
you know, but they, I have to learn more about it. But as of right now, you no, know, I, I think that um, I guess uh, by then, if it's coming out like in 2020, and I would imagine it'd be post spring, uh, maybe like in the summertime, maybe I would have graduated and hopefully have secured a job. job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, Sony like Sony systems are November launches, so you'd have okay. a. You'd have time to save up some. Yeah, money. I would say holiday 2020 is the absolute earliest this thing comes. Yeah, out. I'm trying to think of like, if it would be if it'd be in the holiday time, then yeah, I would have graduated and I would probably have a job and have built up some some money. So um, I hate to say like ask me then, but like I guess right now it's kind of hard for me to. Yeah, I mean to foresee that. Um, it's very much a crystal ball looking thing. That yeah. sure, you sure. don't have that much information. And like, like that's. Go on. Based on like where I'm at with the Switch and how content I am, and I'm trying to kind of keep up with that flow of games, and not just like uh, new first-party Switch games, but also like things that are coming out that I just haven't played, like Final Fantasy VII. That's going to take me a minute, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm new to that experience. And then also I've got a PS4 now, so I would like to play some of the games that I mentioned. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like a huge window of time between um, now and supposed 2020 holiday launch. Um, for me to be like, yeah, I'm totally on board. I need this right now. So I, maybe I'm going to lean closer to like the two years after, um, but things could change um, for sure. But yeah, right now, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I, I, I think for me, um, <laughs> I don't know if I ever get a PS5. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it's more like I, I can look at my PS4 from, from where I'm sitting right now um, I played played a, like a dozen hours of Dragon Quest XI on it. Um, I love past Spider-Man games. I love the character Spider-Man. I have not bothered to get... Well, basically, the Spider-Man game and Dragon Quest XI basically came out on the same damn day. I, yeah. I, I made my choice, and I was like, well, I'm going to buy one of these full price. I bought Dragon Quest XI. Gotcha. Um, this is a really great game. I just got to a point where I don't really like playing the PS4 that much. Sure, sure. Um, and... Really, when it comes down to it, with non-Nintendo systems, especially with the Switch, like actually being successful, like during the Wii U years, uh, played a lot of PS4. <laughs> Wasn't a lot of alternatives. It's either it's like, do I want to play nothing, console. or do I want to play video games? Um, uh, I have an Xbox One right now. I use that thanks to the marvel that is EA Access. I, I get my my. EA Sports fix that way. I get to play my Madden. I get to play my Super Mega Baseball 2. That's not EA Sports, but not on Switch yet. Uh, so that's like satisfied there. I don't really need uh, I don't need those consoles otherwise. So even yeah. the new Xbox, I'm I'm more intrigued by because I think that I think that Microsoft is set up in a position to be infinitely more interesting. Like I mean, I think Microsoft is in a position to be the most interesting of the platform holders for the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what kind of games Microsoft announces and is going to have out on, on whatever their new platform is, which I also expect will come out around holiday 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably, we're going to hear more about that at E3, maybe. Um, but Microsoft is, is you know, they're, they're putting, putting nuts in their mouth like they're, they're chipmunks preparing for, <laughs> for their next console launch. You know, it's um, weird. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, like micro, Microsoft is the system that I, I think I would lean towards getting the next Xbox as opposed to the next PlayStation 5. And while a lot of things could change in the next year and a half, 
I don't think I get either one at launch unless there is a game that really grabs my attention, and I don't think that's going to happen. And there's a good chance that it would be cross-gen anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see that that happened with the last generation, too. We'll probably see that again. Yeah. Mine, where I'm sitting with this is I have I barely have enough time to play Switch games. So yeah, that, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and given like everything I've said about the price, throw another hundred bucks on. Given you know, given I'm north of the border here, um, I'm probably like if I'm going to get a PS5, I'm probably holding out for like a PS5 Pro. Because at that point, because it's going to take me that long just to get through the Switch stuff I've got now. Yeah, and you know, by then, you know, there's going to be Switch Mini and Switch Pro or whatever. So it's going to be like, you're yeah. looking at your your, uh, your your bank account and you're going to be like, I, I can't, you know. I, at least Justin, he'll probably get all of them. But um, No, ju- ju- yeah, I, I might end up, if there's... Two skis of switch. I could see a situation where I tra- like I trade my current model in for for the pro, mm-hmm. and then buy the mini just just with cash. Yeah, I'll get assuming. Excuse. Yeah, um, I kind <laughs> of just accepted where I'm at in my life. Um, if they're like, we're coming out with four switches, all with different power levels, uh, I'll somehow have five switches in my house. <laughs> As I'm here, like I don't know if I'm gonna buy a PS5. I'm like, I will buy every Switch you throw at me. As he proudly displays the Wii U console behind yeah. him. <laughs> All right. So yeah, obviously we we will we will find out more about what Sony's doing probably in February 2020 <laughs> because yeah. they go into E3 yeah. and <laughs> unless they decide to have one of their uh, Sony directs. <laughs> I'm looking forward to see how many companies not going to E3 undermine E3. <laughs> I, I it's gonna be like, like, who's even going? <laughs> Nintendo, Microsoft, uh, the usual. Bethesda, uh, I think. And most Donald. of the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we we both have fun going to the last E3. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I always figured it would take me going to finally kill that show. <laughs> I really, I mean, that's it. We we got we got you know two months to to talk about that more. Um, like E three is is bizarre. You're like um, the Kirby of E three, man. You're just showing up again, <laughs> killing it. Yeah, I should wear like a Kirby shirt on the last on the last day when they don't put up the C next year banner. I thought about that. You know, the three DS's last game is is or Kirby's Epic Yarn. Yeah, well, it's kind of cute too. All right, well, oh, it's already in Japan. Yeah, yeah, true. Um. No, like I mean, we should we should talk more about E three in a later show, but we we should end this one. Um, yeah, so but is. just if you want to, I'll, I'll leave people with if you want to laugh, um, look at like the exhibitor map if it's out there for the year at E three, and then look <laughs> at like the exhibitor map from five years ago, and like the companies, the companies that you've heard of has halved, and like most of them are like adult VR entertainment Self, and like I think, small Chinese companies you've never heard of in your life. I think T-Mobile has a booth. Book. <laughs> oh Probably. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, that's rough, guys. That's rough. Yeah. I guess it Sorry. makes it harder for me to ever think about going. I mean, that's a long ways away, but I'm just like, eh, it doesn't sound like it's going to be 
living up to the hype that uh, it, and, and it will, staff builds up around it. I, I think, I mean, I think there's still going to be a show in LA in June. It's just going to be a PAX instead yeah. of, you know. I mean, but like, even, like, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it later. I need yeah. to, I need <laughs> to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah. Zeta, come back for the E3 episode. We can, we can <laughs> talk about it. I don't know when we're going to do this, but. Just yeah, let me know. I'll, I'll be there. E3 experience to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get the plugs in here. Of course, patreon.com slash NWR support the site that supports us. Uh, NintendoWorldReport.com is the mothership. We have everything on there review, all kinds of reviews, videos, news. Uh, they announced like 10 more games for the Sega Genesis Mini. That means oh, we man. got 20. And Dude. Contra Hardcore. Which, if you want to see my breakdown of a Contra Hardcore screenshot, go on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, uh, real yeah. quick, and I guess it's worth mentioning that uh, as I think this is probably the first Nintendo News report where Reggie is not president. Yeah. yeah. He stepped well, away. He said Reggie. Yeah. So, Reggie uh, Yeah, and uh, if you want to follow follow us all on the socials uh, at Nintendo underscore NWR for the main site. Uh, Sander is at Morning Shark, is it? Yes. Neil is at Enron 10 for all your Green Bay Packer and uh, Contra Hardcore screenshot news, as yeah. well as um, occasional dunking on people that deserve it. Not that we're <laughs> mentioning any names or anything. I dunk. Justin is at King Nintendo Fan, and I'm at NWR Donald. Thank you very much, and we will see you next week.